Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Every week we talk about our ongoing thesis and that is digital hospitality. Every business needs to be digital first and every business needs to be in the hospitality business. Uh, we're so fortunate if you're a first time listener to this podcast, uh, we just launched our second podcast called Restaurant Influencers with Entrepreneur Magazine and Yelp. Um, that is called Restaurant Influencers. And we've put a commitment to smartphone storytelling. So we really want you, the listener, to understand that there is so many things that are happening in the food and media and marketing space. And really, if you lean into what we call smartphone storytelling, if you lean into audio, video, written word, and images, you can create such a significant impact for your business. Uh, we're lucky that we always get to find people that are playing the game within the game. So there's the game that's being played. Everyone knows you need to be on social media and digital media, but then there's people that are actually dominating. There are people that are building huge disruptive businesses and connecting the world in ways that we never thought possible. Today's guest is Jonah Bliss. Uh, he is is running Curbivore, which is an event that is happening on March 4th in downtown LA that is essentially the essence of digital hospitality. It is a very exciting uh, conference that he's putting on. He has industry experts from all over the globe, some of the biggest names in the digital hospitality space, and he's here to uh, tell us all about the upcoming event as well as uh, what else he's been up to. Jonah, what up? Hey, Sean. Thank you so much. I'm uh, honored to be here. I feel like I'm going to learn a lot in this 45 minutes. <laughs> well, uh, it, it's very cool for me because, like I said, we always try to find the people that are playing the game within the game. And, uh, you know, Fotis, uh, he's the one that turned me on to you and Harry Campbell. Um, I checked out the Rideshare guy. We had a great conversation. I looked at the content that he was building and what you guys are building in, in downtown L.A. and bringing all these industries together to talk about the curb. Why are we talking about the curb? Yeah. Yeah. The curb, it's really, you know, to us, it's the inflection point that's, you know, it, it might sound dull, it might sound like a boring piece of concrete, but anyone that's running a, a restaurant business or really any kind of retail in these days, almost it's, you live or die on the curb, you know, it's, you've moved your seating outside, you know, that's the obvious one. But if you think about any sort of, you know, off-premises dining, you know, whether it's delivery, pickup, uh, all that stuff happens on the curb. You, know, you have to think about how you're balancing. Okay, I used to have people come park here. Now I'm going to like have diners here. There's just like a million kind of second order questions that happen once you start, uh, you know, making the push to you know think outside the box, think outside the curb a little bit. Well, I think it's super interesting, you know, especially now with the pandemic and thinking about here. You know, we're here in San Diego and thinking of all these restaurants and Little Italy and Gaslamp. You know, we're fortunate that. We didn't have to open up the curb, but when I go downtown and I see these actual places of real estate, you know, in front of the restaurant that have now become outdoor seating, I spent a semester of college way back in the day um, studying in Alicante, Spain and going to different places in Europe and seeing how outdoor cafes, how they really maximize the use of sidewalk space. And I think we've really failed in America utilizing that. And the pandemic has only accelerated what this space truly means because people love to be outside, especially here in Southern California. I mean, the weather's phenomenal, um, the ability to go, but to utilize it in a way that works not only for outdoor seating, but what I also want to talk about a lot is, is delivery and how important delivery is because that's rethinking restaurants, that's rethinking food, and that's 
why we put on this podcast is to have conversations about why is this important? Why is it important that we start to think about the entire ecosystem, not just the four walls of the restaurant, because it extends beyond the four walls, but like, what's that inflection point? This is the inflection point where delivery actually happens. This is why we talk about, it's not just an Uber driver, a DoorDash driver, like that's an extension of our brand. We need to take care of those people the same way we take care of our VIP customers. Yeah, yeah, there's so many touch points. Um, No, and you're 100% right that, I mean, so many of these changes that COVID has kind of like shaken people into, it's, it's, it's almost like a, well, why do we wait this long, you know? exactly right that here in Southern California, we should be dining outside you know, 99% <laughs> yes. of the time. Uh, but even, yeah, most of the country, yeah, most of the time, the weather is amenable, especially if you, you know, build out nice amenities and, you know, maybe a heat lamp or two. Um, so just, you know, sometimes it takes a shock to the system to rethink it. And I think you're also right that this opens up important questions about things like not just delivery, but ghost kitchens, virtual brands, dark stores. So just like, once you kind of crack the Pandora's box, there's just so many new opportunities to explore. So tell me, Give us a little bit of your background. What I what we do on a is a two minute drill. Can you give me 120 <laughs> seconds? Uh, put you All on right, yeah. start start the clock. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah, so I I approach this um, honestly from more of a mobility and transportation standpoint. Um, you know, I've worked most of my career in kind of like you know, disruptive, unusual, weird mobility. Um, I was part of the team that um, kind of patented and launched Turo, like the peer to peer car sharing company, um, you know, over a decade ago. Uh, worked in kind of you know, e-bikes for a while, uh, eventually sort of moved my way into being on the kind of a media and events side of things and was putting on um, you know, large events kind of around transportation. Um, and through that- Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> some, I ask myself that a lot. I ask myself that all the time. I don't know, just a masochist. The same reason a barbecue guy would start a media company? Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, just uh, love being on Zoom. What can I say? Yeah, of um, course. But uh, no, th- through that, um, you know, got to know a lot of really interesting people. Um, and so including, you know, Harry Campbell, who you mentioned, um, you know, people like Matt Newberg, who runs a site called Hungry, um, some people from the kind of um, small scale micromobility side of things, some people from design and uh, electrification side of things. And we kind of all, you know, early days of the pandemic just sort of were, you know, thinking about problems, reflecting on how the world was changing and really saw this kind of meld of you know, mobility, dining, delivery, transportation, urbanism, cities, politics, policy, and thought like, okay, there's an important conversation that needs to be had here. And people are, you know, they're talking within their silo, you know, restaurateurs talking restaurateurs, yep. transportation people talking transportation people. But this is like such a complicated, thorny question that we need to really like break outside the box and have you know, everyone just line up and talk to people because you're gonna realize an emperor has no clothes. And that's why things that you think aren't working aren't working because they don't know what your problem is. You know what their problem is. Yes. So, uh, yeah, the first event was virtual, um, you know, kind of summer, fall 2020. Uh, people had a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, we were kind of thinking about it again, maybe six months ago and realized, oh, like we didn't solve the problem. <laughs> Why don't we do it again? You know, it's this time we can do it in person, actually see some of the technology and hardware, meet some of the people, try some of the cool food that's emerged. Um, you know, it's, it's a more fun topic than just your average uh, you know, software convention or something. Well, I think it's, it's fascinating for me because we spend so much time talking about hospitality, talking about restaurants, talking about owners, operators, delivery, the technology side, but very rarely do we talk about the city side and the civic side and the political side. 
and it's such an important conversation because these policymakers are making decisions for about real estate. You know, this curb of war, you know, this yeah. idea of like, well, who's responsible for the, the, the right of way, you know, right. The right of way, who gets to use it? What can, how can we maximize it? And if you don't have those conversations, you have way too many competing interests. And the more that we have the conversation, the more we can realize, well, we need to start thinking differently. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of you know status quo bias, a lot of you know bias towards whoever's the noisiest, you know, most well-connected person. So, you know, I think that's why for so long a lot of these land use things have just been kind of like you know locked in amber. Um, and it took kind of an emergency for people to be like, oh yeah, like maybe it's time to think about other ways we can you know use this uh, you know urban real estate uh, in, in a way that's not just you know asphalt for cars. <laughs> so talk about the. Like the idea of so you, you launched the virtual side. Now you're doing an in-person outdoor event in a parking lot. We're we're huge tailgaters. We 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 host professional yeah. barbecue contests. We know the amount of work that it goes to putting on a conference of this scale. Um, talk about the people that you've brought into the conversation. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're definitely eating our own uh, dog food uh, <laughs> in the sense that it's uh, yeah building a little outdoor city within a city. Yeah, you know, March fourth downtown LA. Um, yeah, and really trying to, again, kind of pull from all those different uh, kind of parts of, you know, the, the world, so to speak, in terms of, you know, we have great uh, restaurateurs like, um, you know, Alex Cantor. We've got uh, people from the tech side of things. We've got, uh, you know, sort of great thinkers like uh, Professor Donald Shoup, who's called the, uh, <laughs> the god of parking, who's been sort of, you know, banging this gong for 40 years about how, you know, free parking is sort of like the worst use of urban real estate. Um, you know, mayors, uh, VCs, uh, just, you know, the whole world's here because it's, again, it's such a big question um, that it's not something that, you know, I as a restaurateur can just solve alone. I, I need to kind of plug into all these other little domains to, uh, you know, make it all work a little bit better. So that's, that's why we're inviting, you know, your whole audience to come join us as well. Yeah. Anybody that's listening to this podcast, hopefully if you're, if you're in Southern California, uh, March 4th, uh, reach out to me, send me a DM. We'll figure out a way to get you tickets. Um, that's why we put on this show is to have, you know, like-minded people, people that are playing the game within the game come and start making an impact because these conversations are important, not just to downtown LA, but like I said, to, to Bulgaria, to anywhere on the world. We were on a clubhouse call. We do clubhouses every single Wednesday and Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. But we have conversations like this because they're important. Um, it's important to to our restaurant in Spring Valley. It's important to our ghost kitchen in Barrio Logan. It's important to the next ghost kitchen we opened by San Diego State. And it's it's hopefully important to you, whoever's listening to this show. Um, that's why that's why we do what we do. Everybody eats and everybody uses the curb. You know, even if you've been like the world's most perfect hermit for the last two years, <laughs> someone is using the curb on your behalf. You know, the poor person bringing you your Amazon, your food. You know, like that person is using the her yeah, curb when they pick it up and when they drop it off. Um, and so you need to think about how we can use this more efficiently. Um, and Sean, I also want to have a little bit of like a, an Oprah, you know, Ellen moment where I'm happy to say that the first 50 of your, you know, listeners, watchers that want to join us, going to give them, you know, free tickets if they just register with the code. Look at Cali that. BBQ, uh, at Cali BBQ, um, 50 free tickets. Usually those are 500 bucks. So, uh, yeah, we're doing this for. Look at know, that. Look at that. Jonah's Joan, oh. giving away. He's not giving away cars, but he's giving away tickets. <laughs> you get a car. You get. Wait, you get a ticket. You get yeah, a ticket. Exactly. We're, we're trying to well, take cars off the some, road, not on the road here. <laughs> there you go. Some <laughs> added value to the digital hospitality listeners. But yeah, no, seriously, we would love to see you guys 
um, up at this event. This is super cool for us. We, we believe in events. We believe in digital hospitality, you know, the virtual side of events, the podcast you can get at any time. Um, but when people meet in real life, uh, really cool things can happen. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your, your background and how your background led you to literally to this place? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I mentioned, I, I think I've always been sort of like working to change mobility a little bit, you know, um, just sort of giving people more options besides sitting by themselves, you know, in their, their own kind of gas powered SUV. So whether that's car sharing, ride sharing, you know, electric bikes, scooters, anything that's sort of giving you another option, public transportation, obviously. Um, so, you know, that's kind of been my lens into the world is just like, okay, we've, we've just created this enormous world that kind of locks people into cars and, you know, cars are great for a lot of things, but sometimes there's, you know, a better tool for the job. Um, and so when you have such car dependency, we also like, oh, we need parking lots everywhere. Every square foot needs to be paved so you can park on it just in the, you know, one in a hundred chance that you happen to be there today. Um, so I think as the world's kind of started to realize there's some downsides to that, um, you know, worldview, uh, we've started thinking, huh, like, what can we, what can we do with space like that? And we've seen, Know, big companies like Reef and Laz, Metropolis, kind of, you know, really gobbling up some of this real estate to put it to higher uses. Um, and so I, I think that aha moment was like, okay, like that's that's the problem, but who is this an opportunity for? And it's opportunity for restaurateurs, for retailers, for cities to kind of, you know, increase tax revenue and, and you know, the opportunities for their businesses and citizens. So I think once you kind of like, you know, pull the curtain back a little bit, you can just think like, oh, there's, there's so many things we could be solved uh, we could be solving if we just, you know, kind of are willing to challenge the status quo a little bit. I think it's very interesting just to think of the curb as this intersection of where all these places are meeting, you know, because who owns the curb, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. who's responsible for the curb, who sweeps the curb. And it's, it's just such a simple principle that extends beyond, you know, what we're talking about as, as a restaurant owner, I remember, you know, early on telling staff members, you know, just because it's in the four walls of our restaurant, just because it's Troy Street, which is the street right outside of our restaurant, like we have to care about our village. If we don't care about our entire village, then, you know, the community won't survive, the business won't survive, we won't have jobs. But like, the more that we start to do that, and the more that we start to have conversations about the other business owner, that's right next door to us, you know, how are we both using the same space? It's so important to have that conversation. And you would think that it would come up more, but it really doesn't. You know, we yeah. all live our own siloed lives, like you're talking about, and we have the technology to have these conversations, but you need, you can't just look around and go, someone else is going to have the conversation. You actually have to be the spark. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're, you're so right that you have to think about it holistically where, you know, the, the customer's journey starts as soon as they leave their house. Right. And so yeah. if coming to your neighborhood that your business is in is unpleasant, that's a reason to go somewhere else. And, you know, if it's, uh, you know, the, you and your neighboring businesses aren't working together to you know, beautify the street, keep it uncluttered, you know, have some nice design to it. That's uh, someone else will eat your uh, opportunity there. And, and I would say, I think we can almost take the same kind of concept and, and push it forward. Where it's even if you're doing delivery, you know, think about all these other touch points, whether it's you know, making sure the person dropping it off, you know, is doing that right way, make sure there's a little, you know, some sort of message or treat or gift for the customer when they open up the box. And it's not just, you know, full of soggy French fries. So, you know, it's not just what happens in your restaurant, in your kitchen. It's what happens outside, you know, on both sides of the equation. 
Well, it's so important, especially once you start talking about delivery and, you know, just the way real estate is set up and understanding that people are driving and they're going to be delivering food from your restaurant or from your place. We've looked at places here in San Diego, commissary style kitchens. And I ask, okay, that's great. You have an on-premise, you have a place for a bar, you have people coming in, but what about the delivery drivers? You know, where's the Uber driver? Where's the DoorDash driver? And they go, oh, well, that's around back. And I'm like, well, can I see it? And literally we're going behind dumpsters where there's no signage. There's no, like, like you have completely missed the whole entire ecosystem that's happening here. Like as restaurant owners, we can't discriminate how people get our food. And the problem is we always have. The whole idea is build this great restaurant so that people from all over the place come travel miles and then they come and then someone writes about it. They write reviews about it and you have lines and you sell out. That was the, the old idea. Well, now people want food on their own terms, you know, and how can we deliver that food? We need to deliver that food in a memorable way. And if it's going to be a DoorDash driver and Uber Eats driver, then we need to prioritize them. You know, we need to take care of them. Yeah. Yeah. Make that DoorDash driver, you know, happy to pick up from your restaurant, happy to drop it off. And I think, uh, you know, that'll translate to not just, you know, higher throughput, but also happier customers at the very end. Yeah. So through the pandemic, have you seen any case studies of cities or businesses that get it, that are doing things that um, kind of like a light bulb goes off going, well, more people should be doing that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been everything from, you know, small towns to big international cities. I and mean, I think on the on the large scale side, you know, we've seen and of course, you know, Europe sort of seems to be ahead of us in this one, just sort of entire kind of interventions on the public realm where it's like, OK, we've not only have we like made sidewalks eating we've taken away you know entire streets from cars so you can basically like flood that 120 feet from side to side with tables and paseos and chairs and benches and decoration and, and make it a place where people can kind of you know live on the street eat on the street stop shop on the street so you know, cities like paris and milan have uh, you know been great at that i think that can almost be like a little intimidating to sort of you know name drop like that though because even you know domestically we've seen small you know southern california cities like huntington beach um, where they've you know, closed down you know, little parts of downtown and let the vendors kind of you know, fill into it. And sometimes there might be a, a night market or a farmer's market. Other times it might just be you know, lower traffic, but open to uh, shoppers and diners. Um, yeah, I, I think every city's gotten at least one street, right? You know, where they just sort of think, oh yeah, like let's, let's experiment here. And I think we just need to be bold enough to uh, you know, kind of just take the next step, right? Like if it works on one street, it's going to work on another street. Um, and yeah, some people are going to complain about uh, traffic being, you know, 30 seconds slower, but uh, they're still going to, you know, do what they have to do. And at the end of the day, they might stop and shop and dine and make a little bit more in sales tax revenue. So I think uh, a better world is possible. So explain to the people that are listening to this podcast and whether they listen to this before the event or after the event. Uh, we, we don't talk about events a lot, but we should because we, we are event people. Mm -hmm. um, the amount of work that it takes to conceptualize what you want to do and then actually execute. I mean, I know it takes a village. Can you, can you walk us through, you know, actually having the virtual event and now you're getting ready. I mean, how, how far, how far out are we a couple months out? It's coming quick. <laughs> no, we're, we're about a month out. And it's, it's a, a month short out. Month. No, it's not a couple months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a short month too. Uh, I hope it's on your calendar, Sean. Yeah. It's on my calendar. I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. What? So the question is what goes into making an event? Yes. Um, that is a great question. Um, I wish there was an easy answer. Um, yeah, I, I put on events for Commotion, which is a big transportation conference before this and before that. 
I did like a big uh, marketing summit down Long Beach. So I've, I've done it all from, you know, little 50 person, you know, kind of happy hour, you know, meet and greets to multi-thousand person, you know, million dollar build outs where you sort of feel like you've entered a theme park for adults. Um, no, I mean, like anything, it's, it's, you're kind of trying to create a product that you know that there's demand for, right? And like you, you sort of start with an idea, you stress test it, you talk to people you trust, people that you think might be sponsors or partners or attendees or speakers and get their feedback and say, oh, okay, well, they, they liked it, but they thought, what about this, what about that? And, you know, everyone's got an idea. They're not all good. So you got to be, you know, still stick, stick true to yourself. <laughs> I've learned that. that there's a lot of bad ideas when it comes to producing events. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What about this? It's like, oh, that's, that's terrible. But thanks for, thanks for contributing. Um, Correct. But no, I, I mean, I think it helps for us to have, you know, I think found a product that really resonated. You know, people were excited about the space. It was an important question. We, you know, we weren't just trying to say like, oh, it's like a, uh, we're going to talk about payment solutions. Like, you know, great, that's important, but it's not, uh, you know, urgent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for me, kind of start with relationships with people you know, people you've talked to, um, you know, partners and sponsors and friends that kind of share your vision and, and kind of want to, you know, help solve this problem with you. Um, and so you can kind of use that as your base. And then you, yeah, you start with that and you start finding speakers. And once you have like a, a little, you know, kind of core nugget of your, program there you can go out to the world and say hey we're bringing all these cool people together it's cool brands cool uh, you know, food and drink to taste you want to you know come party with us um, and i think you know it's if you have a compelling product you know the people will want to come and attend um, and so yeah just about you know, solving an actual problem and not just doing it for the sake of making some money so is the plan to do this as an annual event? Is the plan to reproduce this in multiple cities? What's the what's the the ultimate goal? Yeah, uh, I'm getting the uh, the investor grilling here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to ask the good questions. Yeah, I'll I'll be totally frank in the sense that like when we created this, we just simply you know it was me and some friends recognizing a problem and wanting to try and be helpful because you know we thought we could you know use our skills to to do this. And so, you know, when we did the online one, it was totally free. We weren't trying to make a, a buck off of it. Um, you know, this one, obviously, there's some expenses with putting on an in-person event uh, <laughs> that you yes. don't have when you're just using software. So, um, yeah, trying to cover, cover some, some of our uh, expenses that way. Um, to answer your question, I think it really comes down to, you know, what the audience wants. You know, if, if they come and they have a great time and make meaningful you know, interactions and learn things and you know, close business deals, raise money. Um, that's a sign of success. And then it's like, okay, we should, we should keep doing this. Um, if we do it once and everyone's like, oh, that's great. But like, nah, you know, I don't need to do that again. I'm not going to try and, you know, force it down people's throats. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. The best of all worlds is that, you know, this, this meeting is so great that we solve all these problems in a single day. And everyone's like, you know, oh, it's perfect. I know what to do. And I, I love you. I, I never need to come back right. because you've solved my problem. Um, I'm, I'm not sure we're going to get that one quite this time, but uh, maybe that's the ultimate goal is to be so successful and make ourselves irrelevant. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I think the exciting thing for me when I learned about what you guys were building is that it's a conversation that I know needs to happen that I don't think enough people are having. And whenever you get diversity of thought, um, especially with the best thinkers, then you can start to solve some much bigger problems. And I think that's what's what's really exciting 
you know, from the digital hospitality standpoint is it, it's the intersection of what's happening digitally, you know, through commerce, through delivery, and then what's happening in real life. And that intersection that happens right at the curb, you know, literally for retail and for restaurants um, and for cities and for politicians to understand, you know, this is a conversation that's not going away. You know, I think about San Diego and the walkability of, you know, Balboa Park, our, our biggest gem, and they've had conversations about getting rid of cars, getting to a place where that looks more like Europe, you know, more like Paris, more like Milan. And for me, having lived in, in Europe, like that's an exciting place, but I understand also the fear, mm-hmm. you know, the fear in San Diego citizens of going, well, what can I do? I can't do anything without a car. You know, like it's literally like, how can I go anywhere? You know, we just had the ride one up um, electric bike CEO on our podcast and we're talking about transportation, you know, literally thinking about thinking differently about transportation with electric bikes. And do I need to have two cars? You know, do we do we need to continue to do this? Like these are questions that they're not going away. You know, it's not going to go away. Yeah, no, that that's, I mean, people are right to, you know, have some trepidation, change is scary, and especially if you <laughs> built your life around, you know, your kind of comfy car, it's understandable that anything that interferes with that would be suspect. Um, but no, I, I think that's, again, like, that's sort of why for us, you know, Curbivore, you know, it's not just solely about, you know, restaurants and, and digital restaurant businesses, you know, it's an important, you know, kind of starting point, but, you know, you have to think about how, something you change or something that's changed for you. Like, what does that mean for someone that's you know, trying to get to your restaurant, someone that's passing through the street because it's their commute to work or someone that's just, you know, not even thinking about you, but just passing through the neighborhood. So there's all these questions about transportation, about land use, about sustainability, about, you know, kind of carbon footprint. Um, that's, yeah, you can't, you can't just, you know, tweak one little lever and think, oh, okay, perfect. Like now we've got double the outdoor uh, dining space. There's just, you push this thing and then the dominoes start tumbling, right? So that's why we got to be talking to the transportation people, the political people, the policy people, the, uh, you know, and anyone that's a stakeholder, which in a world like this is basically everyone. So um, yeah. they're, they're not uh, simple questions. Yeah, I mean, for us, like we had uh, Carl Orsborn and Meredith Sandland. They just wrote a book called Delivering the Digital Restaurant. And it was fascinating because they take not an approach of focused on ghost kitchens or, or delivery. It was much a bigger sociological look at the American family and how the American family has changed and how our buying habits have changed and how we live in an Amazon prime world and understanding that like, we need to start just thinking differently and just looking like, look at the data, (laughs) you know, look at what families look like, look at, you know, what are we doing? And once you start looking at that, then you can start to go down on the micro level and start looking, well, how is that affecting Main Street? You know, how is that affecting Main Street businesses? And I, I think it's, a, it's an exciting thing that you guys are doing. Um, I'm excited to be a part of it. Uh, is there anything that, that you think um, our listeners need to know to get excited about this event that you haven't talked about yet? <laughs> Um, I, I would think, you know, free tickets would be exciting enough, but yeah, again, <laughs> register with the Kyoto Cali BBQ. No, I, I mean, it, it's a conference, um, but it's, it's more than a conference, right? It's, it's, I think it helps open people's mind to a, a new worldview, a new way of kind of thinking about their businesses. Um, not only we get to meet the chefs, the restaurateurs, the business people, the technologists that have kind of you know, made this leap and can help you learn how to make the leap yourselves. 
uh, you'll get to like you know kick the tires on some cool hardware, whether it's you know delivery bots or you know payment systems or just you know cool cool little gizmos and gadgets. Um, and then there'll be just great food and drink because this has enabled such an explosion and you know kind of uh, it's, it's become cheaper and quicker to bring a new you know food concept to market. And so we're you know, inviting a lot of these really creative um, chefs and, and businesses. Uh, you know, one that comes to mind, Ziki Kitchens, is really cool. Um, uh, kind of Greek uh, Mexican fusion restaurant, um, you know, they'll be kind of giving out food to attendees and, and just, yeah, you know, we have so many people like that where it's just like, this is an opportunity that they've used the pandemic for. And so anyone that's listening, you know, this is your opportunity too. So come, you know, be inspired by it um, and you know, ha- have fun with us. Well, it's cool for us because we, I mean, back in the day when we first started the podcast, it was behind the smoke and it was, you know, I did it with a butcher shop owner, Derek Marceau and um, we, we didn't talk much about barbecue, even though it was called behind the smoke, it was more of a business and marketing <laughs> podcast, but, um, we had different restaurant owners on, we had barbecue shop owners on, and, um, that was when we started doing in-person kind of like meetups for our podcast listeners. And, you know, really we haven't done that for digital hospitality, I mean, part, partly due to the pandemic, but, um, this is an exciting thing for us that, you know, anybody that's in Southern California that listens to the podcast, um, you're part, you're part of the tribe. Um, we want, we want you to be at this event. Uh, this is something that's super exciting. It, it goes right to the heart of our thesis of why we, why we care so much about this podcast, why we care so much about you, the listener. Um, you know, it's, it's events like this. It's, you know, you heard it on a podcast, then you came in person, you, you know, you got to meet Jonah, you got to meet the team. Um, we get to say hello and hear what you're working on and you never know what kind of business can happen because of it. So uh, super, super exciting. How can people reach out to you and where do they go uh, to learn more about the event? Yeah. Uh, so Curbivore, the website is www.curbivore. That's you know, like carnivore, but for the curb.co. I save you letters, it's not .com, it's .co. Um, and again, anyone that wants to register, use the code CaliBBQ and you'll get a free ticket on uh, your first 50 to register. Um, yeah, you, you can find you know, contact details on that. Uh, happy to talk to anyone that's got questions. Sweet. Um, and yeah, just eager to meet your whole community. Uh, all I can say for everyone is, you know, come hungry and bring business cards. Okay. Sounds good. Well, uh, Jonah bliss, super, uh, super excited. We'll put links in the show notes. Um, uh, we will have a clubhouse call. Hopefully Jonah can join us or someone from his team. Um, when this episode drops, which will be before March 4th. And we hope to see you guys in person. Um, this is why we do what we do. Uh, we, we love it. Uh, reach out to me anytime at Sean P. Walchef. Stay curious, get involved, and don't be afraid to ask for help. 